Welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. Time you run! Yes, it's a very different uh, type of podcast tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening in uh, podcast land whenever you do listen, we are live at Bankstown RSL with club president Ali, a great soon-to-be Sydney Shield coach Jason, Dale and myself with... Just down here for a uh, season launch. How are we, boys? Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks for ha- thanks for coming down, boys. Uh, you know, lovely. <laughs> uh, for for the people that aren't listening or, or haven't paid attention, we actually done this organisation of this podcast whilst we were 15, 16 drinks down at a corporate event the yeah, other week. None of us can remember <laughs> clearly. <laughs> We were here, well, so someone must have remembered. But that, but that, was, but that was George's fault. We'll blame George. Yeah, that was RSVP, George's fault. RSVP was like, what's this about? Yeah. <laughs> take two must be better. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so um, good, Ali, mate, you're, uh, you're obviously club president. Yep. How long have you been club president for Bankstown? I've been the president for about two and a half years at the moment. And the growth, so when you took over, how many teams roughly were there and now how many teams are? So when I stepped in, we had roughly between 18 to 20 teams. Um, and now we're looking at this year... About 23 teams, uh, possibly 24 teams, depending how we go with, uh, at the end of the trials. So yeah, look, the growth is, we're getting up there, we're, we're pushing more kids into the club and more uh, more attractions coming towards the Bankstown region. I think the biggest um, um, proud moment of ours is finally getting some girl sides off the ground. Yes. Um, so that wasn't prevalent within the last five years. Um, so now, uh, last year we had a girl side and this year we, we've retained that same girl side. Um, and we're looking at hopefully an you know, open girls next year. Uh, that's very good. The, the girls game is growing. I know that our, our way in Penrith, the numbers are, are growing steadily each year. So if we can start doing the groundwork for the NRLW to, to be able to grow, that's great. And you guys obviously will have your contact in with, with, the, um, with the Bulldogs. Before you become president, obviously how you, you play for the club and obviously you've gone through... You know different positions in the club, and you know how long you've been associated with Bankstown Bulls. Look, I've been around with Bankstown Bulls for many of years. I started off as a, just a trainer, um, and I worked my way up from trainer to a youth liaison officer, then you know ultimately into the committee, um, and then uh, when our former president uh, decided to step down um, for personal reasons, I put my hand up for it, and then you know I just took it on by the horns, and here we are today. Grounds been uh, redone in the previous two years. Yes. Sorry. The grounds have been redone in the previous two years. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Finally, after a good six years, it finally you know got a refurbishment and uh, it's looking great. Um, the grounds looking good. So obviously we got the great man Jason here. How did he come about? And being the good looking Jason. <laughs> yeah. Good, good looking rooster. Listeners can't see me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So how did he, how did obviously Jason? When we'll get to. Jason's uh, new venture, what he's got on the side there. But how did he come into the Bankstown fold this year? Well, look, surprisingly, uh, Jason kind of like um, found us. I think uh, one day I just uh, stumbled across an email. Um, Jason had flicked me off his, um, you know, an, an email, and um, I just looked into it, um, reviewed his CV, and I thought, you know, this is a good opportunity. I was looking for an A-grade coach, anyways. Um, because you know we had a lot of interest of, of A grade due to COVID, we weren't able to get that off the ground. But obviously, working in the background, I needed someone that was committed and ready to up and go. Um, so yeah, just uh, I met Jason. I think you know around late last year or sometime, and we just kicked it off. Met him a few times, and within three weeks, uh, 
magic started to happen, you know. He started to form both the A-grade side, but also he was an instrumental part in forming the academy, um, which we run in the off-season period. Um, and so it was just, that's how we came to know each other. Yeah, it was a really interesting story because I, I'd, I'd been at the Roosters, I'd been at the Melbourne Storm previously, I spent a small, a short period of time at the Roosters in junior development and, and I'd pretty much retired but you know what it's like and you get that bug and you can't get away and your wife's telling you to get out of the house. So somebody mentioned to me one day about how the changes were happening at the Bankstown Bulls and I just got onto their website and dropped Ali an email and Literally, with the minute we spoke, we just there was just that synergy there about what I wanted to do and what he was trying to do, and it really clicked. And it's very rare to have that synergy straight away about the academy and the kids. And the more I was there, the, the more I heard about how it was about the kids, you know, and they really wanted the kids to be the future and, and, and progress and be happy and, and be a part of that, Bull, that Bulls family. So talk about your, your academy. Obviously, uh, it, it hit off late last year. How many numbers did you get in your, in your inaugural um, off-season? Oh, gee whiz. Ali and I met in September, near late September. By the beginning of October, we'd sat down and thought, you know, we'd be happy with 50 kids. We finished up getting, I think, close to 130 nice. in our first academy. Yeah. yeah and Over. we thought 50 was a lot at the yeah. time. Yeah. And then when we came to the final numbers, 130 was where we were at. That's, that's awesome. So, obviously, they all got there. You got your dedicated head coach so... Memories, you got Carl Jennings, yes? Carl Jennings, yeah. I've known Carl Jennings for 25 years, and he's probably the guy in rugby league that I have the the most respect for. His story is amazing, and his achievements are even more amazing. And and he was one of the first guys I called a great guy. So obviously, list list the other head coaches that you you do have in your inaugural season of uh, Western Sydney Rugby League Academy. Oh, there's Trev Smith. Um, You guys know Trev. He's, He's been around for... I mean, the guy's only young, but he, it seems like he's been around for 100 years. You know, he just yeah, pops up wrong. everywhere. He's been overseas coaching. He's, and his, his real passion is juniors. You know, he loves coaching juniors. Loves a haircut, too. Loves a haircut. <laughs> Does love a, loves, a, loves a good meal and a good restaurant, yes. too. Just check, check, and check. endorsements as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I, love the, I love the slogan. Um, you want to go, you know, go through that and then why you guys come up with that? We, want, we wanted the academy to really be about not just footy. You know, it's important to have that footy aspect, but we wanted the footy aspect to be a part of something bigger. And that something bigger was making these kids understand that there was more to life than just, you know, hanging around the streets and hanging around with your mates. So we, we, we came up with the slogan of creating future champions on and off the field. So we wanted to get them the best they could be on the footy field, but we also wanted them to become good people off the footy field. That was really important to us, and it was something that Ali straight away just like didn't hesitate. And, he, and we actually had our first meeting about that, and it got, got a little bit emotional because that's what we both really wanted, was to make sure that these kids really understood that we were trying, and the parents too, that we were trying to help these kids on the field and off the, off the field. So we did one of, the, one of the things we did was we got to write down their goals, and they had to give us their goals. But the goals had to be not just about footy. So we had kids coming up to us and going, I've never told anyone this before, but I want to be a police officer. We love that Mm. because it's getting their mind, it's opening up their minds to things. Yeah, footy's great, but footy's the vehicle. Exactly right. A lot lot of of kids that are, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, they're all just narrow-minded, blinkers on like a racehorse. All they want to do is play rugby league. I know I've got a couple of them in my team. 
So, um, you know, you've got to, as you said, open their eyes up and go, hey, look, you know, we know you're like this at the moment, but we want you to be like this so then you can have a, an understanding of what's happening around around, yeah. the, around outside the game as well. I think uh, the analogy that was someone put to me was it's like driving a car. So instead of looking at the rear mirror all the time, you're looking at the front screen, mm. you know, and your, your vision's always there. You're going forward, you know. From time to time, you look back. But you're always looking forward. And that's what we wanted to do with the kids, you know. And, and like like Jason said, it was on and off the field. Um, and sometimes we know not every kid is going to make it in there. We know, we know they're not going to be playing first grade or, you know, being on television. But we wanted them to know that it's okay not to get there. Yeah. But use footy as, a, you know, the passion and the love that you have for the game to become a better person, a better man or a woman or whatever the case may be for you to to go out and use those life skills we know a lot of this happens in school you know um a lot of people you know they think that teachers have this influence but it's actually on the contrary the biggest influences are coaches our training staffs people like jason people like trev people like you know george around the club who who have an actual impact on the kids so when they're driving them both on the field and off the field, that's where we that's where we come in, and that's where the academy was all about. When you think about it, boys, we met through footy. Yes. At the end of the day, we met through footy. Exactly. The things I think we can do together, moving forward for kids, I think that's just. I mean, we've had those chats. Yes. One of them was at the footy when we all had a few beers. And we probably don't remember, but <laughs> we've had those chats, and I think that's really important that we've made those contacts to to move forward. Without exactly. a doubt, and. When um, you know John and myself come up with a podcast, it was we only wanted to promote rugby league, um, you know, in in a positive. We never we don't talk about the off field dramas. And then the reason why I brought up your slogan is because these kids of today, if they go on and become NRL stars, like you look at the NRL stars at the moment, how, how many stories are released a week that are negative? That's right. Compared to the positive. That's you right. Know what I mean, so. If we can always have positive influences and positive stories in rugby league, one, the numbers are going to grow for junior rugby league, and it's 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 only going to be looking up. You yeah. know, instead of the, everyone going, "Oh, I'm not going to my kid to play rugby league because old mate in the NRL just bashed someone's family," That's he's right. going to go play AFL. We don't want him to play AFL. Yeah, we want him to play rugby league. Absolutely. So. I, I, you know, I've come through youth my whole life. I've been a youth worker my whole life, so I understand where he's yeah, coming from. So. And it's, it's, it's great. And um, just on the academy, obviously, different, obviously you run different um, you know, skill-building activities and stuff. So can you give us a run of, like, what, if, what does a, a semester look like? Well, we start off, obviously, we do, we do a little bit of testing, but it's not, it's not aggressive testing. Now, when I say aggressive testing, you can get to an NRL contract, you can get to a club, and they'll put you through massive sprint work. They'll put you through five-kilometre tri- trials and all this sort of stuff. We do testing because we want to see where their ability is at first. Because we can't have kids that have just come to start playing rugby league doing drills with guys that have been playing five or six or seven years or whatever. So we wanted to make sure that the kids that were just starting were learning and progressing. So we make sure they were with the coaches. And I'm telling you now, some of the coaches, and, and I'll mention a guy that we call Rhino. Rhino's been around, it seems like a hundred years, but he's not that old, but he's just got this amazing ability with kids and he just has this wonderful temperament and, and he speaks softly to them and he gets them to understand. So he's very good with those new kids coming through and teaching them the basics of rugby league. So we wanted to make sure the first part of that program was to make sure we got those kids into the right areas and then 
with the right coaches to ensure that they were progressing to where that they wanted to be. And we got that feedback from them and their parents as well. We also, um, it's good to mention as well, um, the academy's program also included things that are very unorthodox. We actually had one session where, or two, two sessions where we focused mainly on mental health which is something that's always, you know, put to the side, especially in this in the rugby league culture. It's always like, you know, toughen up and whatever. But we uh, we brought in a very prominent and very well-respected psychologist. Uh, she goes by the name of Anne Marie, um, and she came in and had a chat with the um, with the the participants, and it was an amazing feedback. You know, um, dwelling in those mental issues and also about that. A lot of kids that come that suffer from those mental illnesses as a result of injuries you know they're out for a season or out for two years and they're not on the field and and those are guys that we normally neglect so we use that program to also uh, you know enforce and and get them well aware about there are mental issues and there are going to be mental obstacles along the way um, with rugby league but how do you manage that and how do you you know navigate through those problems so yeah that's something that we incorporated yeah Yeah, and 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 the whole thing really came together well and we we judge it not on what we think we judge it on the feedback from parents and coach other coaches and we got that in feedback and coaches were telling us that when their kids were going back to teams we were getting kids from the central coast from Wollongong wasn't just local kids the kids were coming from everywhere but that feedback was really important the difference they saw in their kids not just skill wise and physically but mentally, you yeah. know, that different approach that they were taking. Yeah, breaking down the barriers, obviously the barriers that were there when we were young fellas coming through the game was just, yeah, no, shake it off, get up. Even with the concussion, you know, back in the day, you get a head knock, you know, you come out, oh, yeah, how many fingers can you see? Yep, yep, sweet, and then off you go. Never came off the field. So obviously it, it's coming from an NRL level right down, and it's good that we have organisations like yourselves that are obviously breaking walls in terms of mental health. Now let's move into obviously why we're here tonight for. Uh, we, we're obviously here at at your launch yep. for your A grade. Uh, so, Jason, being the head coach, mate, how many sides you got? How the players looking good? And what's the goal well, for? I, I turned up at the balls and I met with Ali, and we we had no idea how many A grade players we were going to get. Um, I think the first the first get together we had, we had one player, literally one player, but he was a player that had played for me before. He got the word out, so other players that had played for me before turned up, and then other players turned up. We now have, I think we have registered something like 54 players, two teams. Nice. So we've got a team in first division and a team in second division at the moment, but, but very good sides, very good quality. And the goal, obviously, towards 2022 is is entering into Sydney Shield? That's the goal. That's the goal. And I got corrected last night at training, and I really love it, and I will mention this because I talk about it because I'm passionate about getting the club to Sydney Shield. But one of the, the players, the leadership group pulled me up and they went, Jason, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about Sydney Shield right now. Right now is about right now. We want to talk about right now. We want to focus on right now. We want to get us together. We want to create a good atmosphere, a good culture, a good team. We'll worry about Sydney Shield at the end of the year when it's going to happen. And yeah. I, I love that. I love that feedback. Uh, and that's, that's good. It's always good to have a goal, but we've also got to focus on the present. So it's good that you, you've got yourself that, that good leadership where they can actually pull the coach up without ramifications and, and whatever else. So obviously, give us a heads up on who's actually going to be here tonight before we end up on our first segment. So who's who's turning up tonight? Oh, we've, we're very honoured to have John Corey. John Corey, who is the chairman of the Canterbury Bulldogs, been a very big supporter of what we've been doing, not only at the academy, but what we're trying to do as a club. 
So he's, he's agreed to come along without hesitation. And he's also bringing Aaron Warburton, who is the new CEO of, of the Canterbury Bulldogs. Nice. That, that's our two main guests tonight. And we're really honoured to have them here. And um, we also have our, our local MP, uh, Tanya Mahalik. Yep. Um, she's also been instrumental in supporting um, the renovations. Uh, for the A grade, um, because so we can facilitate a space for them for eventually when they get to Sydney Shield. So uh, with her um, funding, uh, state funding, which of, of, of twenty thousand um, dollars, has allowed us to start some renovations back at home. Awesome. Um, so she will also make a guest appearance. There yeah. Well. Now that's awesome. Now thank you for your time, Ali. Thank you. Um, I know you guys are obviously pushing for Sydney Shield for the A grade um, to go to next year to be the highest. However, you know your numbers will, will drive so knowing that there will be a Sydney Shield there eventually will, will, will eventually boost your numbers in your lower your lower age groups and then as, as, a, as a club as a whole mate you'll be a lot better for it especially with Jason being at the helm of head coach mate he, he drives in players like no tomorrow he's like a magnet I can't tell you man yeah, I, mean, I just bought my credit card how much do I owe you for that he's definitely he's definitely like a magnet oh, guys like I want to make mention of the guy that just waved to me over there he's the he's the boss of this club here he's been our major sponsor the Bankstown RSL I, I, we can't do what we do without people like that yes and, and that's that's a big thing the fact that we're coming out of COVID and from the most part across all our platforms that we follow is the sponsorship is, is, is still there and it's in actual fact tenfold because sponsors need to get their name back out there so they can be used and, and guys yourselves as well you know for you guys to take take your time to come down here tonight and join us like I can't thank you guys enough because it's what, right. what you're doing too to support junior rugby league we've seen it and and I, I want to take my hat off to you guys as well yeah. and oh, just awesome. on just on that we'll go we'll go to one of our first sponsors <laughs> <laughs> High Fly Down Under is located in Penrith in Sydney's west. It was the first indoor skydiving facility in Australia. It was also the largest and most powerful indoor skydiving facility in the Southern Hemisphere. Safe, fun and accessible for people of any ability. High Fly Down Under offers flights for first-time flyers, return flyers, sport flyers, junior flyers, skydivers and much more. Junior flyers, that's where we're aimed at, guys. High Fly has come on board as our sponsor for our look long play short junior league segment where players will get a voucher to go there and experience what iFly can do for you if you want to go to iFly today guys book online at iFly.com.au all right here we go we're back at Bla uh, Bankstown RSL club and we are now joined with the secretary Huss and the vice president of the Bankstown RSL club Brian how are we today boys Good, thank you. Very Thanks good. for having us. Good. Thanks for being here. So we'll get into you, uh, Brian. Obviously, first and foremost, is sponsors are always paramount in junior junior sports, be it rugby league, which we are, soccer, netball. Sponsors hold a real good uh, life of, of finance to be, uh, be able to allow the secretaries and the presidents to do what they do for the for the juniors. Uh, coming out of COVID, uh, you know, your support is obviously. 10 times better for, for the clubs at the moment because obviously COVID really, really held us back. How's the sponsorship been with the Bankstown Bulls and how long has it been together and what's the, the, the path for you and, and the Bulls? Yeah. Well, I'd had the pleasure of uh, initially being involved with the Bulls um, uh, before, well, I think, some six years ago. Um, 
and I was on the committee of the club grants uh, for the Bankstown district. And my point's always been I'm, I'm a sports person and I like to look after the people that are disabled. That's my major two sponsorships that I like to look at. Uh, Bankstown Bulls looked good to me at the time um, and it certainly proved to be that. Um, they're a very well organised club, uh, a good bunch of a committee uh, that have really got their heart and soul into it. And we as Bankstown RSL um, had no hesitation in going in as a major sponsor for the uh, Bankstown Bulls and right through we've They've been good with us and we've been good with them and it's been an excellent partnership. Huss, so obviously the you know, sponsors are the big thing. Your role as a secretary is to control, make sure that everyone's registered, everyone's set to go. Uh, we spoke to Ali earlier, the numbers for the Junior League are on the up and up at Bankstown Bulls. Mate, have a, let's have a chat here. How has the numbers gone whilst you've been in, in charge as secretary? Um... So last year, I think our numbers dropped to about 290 or so. That's COVID. Um, at, yep. At, at the moment, our senior season hasn't even started. Our numbers are at 335. Um, now, with our senior players who are yet to finalise all their registrations, I expect it to um, rise to about almost 400 uh, members for this year, so that'll be an increase of 100 members. So yeah, that's that's about a, about a 30, 32% rise. So that's pretty good. And, and, and coming out of COVID, it's it's great to see rugby league back on. Um, so what's what's the juniors plan? We already we've spoken about the seniors with Jason and, and Ali. What's the juniors plan? I know you got Super 15s. Um, how, how's your how's your 14s and your 13s who are in the conference comp? How are they all looking so far this year? So they're looking pretty good. Um, so we have a, a, a 13 team this year, um, a gold. Yep. We have two 14s. We have our Super 15s. That's our heritage side. Yep. And we actually have two 18s. Oh, um, nice. To put that into perspective, between us and uh, Wests, because we're the combined comp this year, um, there's only four 18s teams, and there's uh, four 18s gold team and three 18 silver teams. And Bankstown Bulls has two of them. Nice. Um, one in the gold, one in the silver. Um, now, we were told yesterday they're combining the gold and silver competitions um, because there's such little teams. So we're probably going to have to be versing each other. That's, um, a, that's a Bankstown grand final. <laughs> yes. Bankstown versus Bankstown. Inside turn your shirts inside out. Yeah, can't, 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 plan, can't plan that any better. No, they might have to organise a special, special livery strip for the grand final if it happens. And I'm pretty sure... Now, uh, Bankstown, RSL, and all your other sponsors will be only too happy to be able to help out if that's the case. Just on on, on that note, um, Bankstown, RSL have been invaluable in the support to to our club, and um, we owe them a big debt. Um, for the last three years, they actually have increased their sponsorship year on year, and um, them coming through COVID and still be able to help junior clubs um, and support junior clubs like ours and. In 2021, um, they're giving us the biggest sponsorship they've ever given, up to $52,000 this year. That's, that's amazing. Um, it's yeah. absolutely 
you know, breathtaking, um, and we can't thank them enough. Uh, that's amazing, and, and to consider, you know, when COVID did hit last year, a lot of junior league clubs were scratching their heads, going, "Where next?" You know, and Absolutely. a lot of a lot of the general managers, you know, John Curie and and Nathan Marlene and a few others around the Sydney Metro were just going, "How are we gonna How are we gonna get out of this?" And I don't think we've lost too many clubs across the Metro mm. uh, coming out of COVID, so that's a good thing. Now, one last thing, Brian. Wait, are you a true Canterbury Bulldog supporter through and through? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, Who do you support in the NRL? I'm, I'm a West, Western Suburbs boy and I'm a West Tiger. Um, but incredibly, I, uh, I follow the AFL pretty strongly as well. Oh. I, I played a lot of AFL. GWS? Uh, in Swans. Sydney I do, yep. uh, but I'm a Geelong supporter ah. of Nice. Quite a few years. We, 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 our, our relationship may sour now after no, those we, comments. We won't. We won't. We, we, we won't just hold stick that with the Bankstown Bulls. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I can't go wrong with them. All right, guys. Thank you very much for coming on. We're going to go to another ad break. Come back shortly. Hopefully with John Curie and uh, Mr. Warburton. Rampage Mouthguards is a family-run and operated business combining their careers, passions of sport and dental technology. The team decided to go into operation with the purpose of bringing customers quality, custom-made, dental-grade sports mouthguards at a reasonable price. More reasonable price, guys. You've now got a promo code as... Uh, Rampage has joined up with TFW offering 15% off mouthguards for your players. Either female, male, doesn't matter. There are mouthguards for everyone. You can get them custom designed. So you can get the Aboriginal flag, you can get your Samoan flag, Tongan flag, Australian flag, your name, your club's name, uh, your team, your NRL team's name. You can even have TFW on your mouthguard if you really wanted to. TFW15 is the promo code. Rampage is on all social medias, Facebook, Insta. Hit them up and get your mouthguard today. Protect your teeth. Don't look like me. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Two very extinguished guests here. We have the CEO of the Canterbury Bulldogs, Aaron Warburton. Ten weeks in the job. Very fresh. And the chairman of... Bulldogs football as a whole. John Curie, how are you boys? Very it's great well, to be mate. here. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thanks for having us. So obviously, uh, as the listeners are, are aware, we are live here at the Bankstown Bulls A-grade season launch. How instrumental is it to have a strong club like Bankstown, a part of the Canterbury-Bankstown district? Sure. Look, as a local kid, I grew up in Greenacre. I started off at Greenacre Grasshoppers, which is now Greenacre Tigers. <laughs> played the St John's Eagles, yep. and I have boys that still play locally in the Junior League. Um, I'm heavily invested in it. What I like about the Bankstown Bulls is they're like a, I guess, a small representation of our wider Junior League. Twelve very diverse clubs, ge- geographic. Well, from the edge of I guess Liverpool to the edge of Earlwood at Clempton Park. So you have the Moorbank Rams. Yep. to the St George Dragons and amongst those two clubs uh, are 10 others so 12 in total um, socially economically religiously diverse area like the Bulldogs brings a lot of good people diverse people together the Bulls is in the heart of Bankstown City and it, you see it um, it's very diverse whether it's the committee the, the, the players the parents doing wonderful things I always say to all the junior league clubs if you run a good committee like a company, you're only as good as the people around you. Yep. Good things will happen. Exactly. Just like we're doing now at the Bulldogs. We've got a young marquee coach. We've got a best um, young, talented CEO in the game. 
the future's bright. Exactly right. And obviously, you know, we were speaking off air there, a lot of the fans across a lot of social media pages at the moment are, are panic stations. Oh, and six, you know, oh, the coach can't do this, the coach can't do that. However, as you've said off, 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 off the podcast, but we'll bring it into the podcast with questions and, and get, get there so everyone can understand the future is that, you know, you've got to have everything, all, all your, your, you know, your ducks in a row before you shoot, don't you? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to let Aaron talk about that more, but yep. I'll just say from a junior league point of view, what's really refreshing for me is our junior league sign-up numbers are up year on year over the last three years. Um, with, with Trent Barrett being a new marquee coach, and just just the, the excitement now, we've got the player managers, players talking directly to Trent. They want to play for him. They want to play for the Bulldogs again. And whilst the, the results aren't showing for it, the future is bright. But the most pleasing thing for me is Trent, um, which you don't get this often, is, is heavily invested in our pathways and the grassroots of the game. So, for instance, SG Ball, our under-19s kids, our best under-19s kids, Trent knows the names of our best seven, eight players and has already got plans to bring them up to first grade over the next two to three years. That's that, for me, is really, really pleasing. That's awesome. And, and, and another player which we, we've been heavily talking about on, on our podcast and on our radio is a young WA product. Now, obviously, he came over here when he was obviously spotted. Young Jackson Topine. Oh, to- Topini, whichever way the name Jackson is Jackson Topine, yes. There's Topine, there you go. But he's a WA product, so... He's doing big things for, obviously, the game for WA to say, hey, look, you know, if I can make it, anyone can make it from any state. Yeah. How's, he, how's he been, how's he settled in into, obviously, I think it's third or fourth game of first grade now? How's he been settling in? So Jackson, you're right, originally came from WA, where there is a little grassroots movement there, but came into our, and, and, and came through the ranks through our pathway systems. Um, so he played for St George Dragons, one of the 12 junior league yep. clubs, and then... We, was the captain of the SG ball, jersey flag, and, and then even went on and was most recently the captain of the Australian schoolboys. So we've not only got a very young, talented football player, but he's actually a, a future, potential future captain of this club. Question question first, what's his favourite position? Because he's played every position nearly on the field in the last couple of weeks. I think, you know, he's still very young as a development player. Um, Trent, Trent thinks he's, he's a good back rower. Um, lock second row but as you've seen he's been thrown the deep end and coming off the bench playing hook he's just someone you want in your team um trent says to me when i put someone like jackson to in my team i know he's going to get the job done after his first game he he, he he had a big smile on his face he played against melbourne storm i go you just played against the best team and how do you feel he goes i loved it oh, i want to keep doing this so he is made to be a future nrl superstar yeah, without that, and you want you want those type of players playing for your club, and obviously he's on debut. He got thrown in the deep end. He's come on a dummy half because I think uh, his dummy half got injured, and it's, he's been instrumental. But he's that type of player where Trent will put him in front row, and he'll just run, he'll just run it straight. Yeah, um, and that comes across to you. Jack- Jackson's an, an amazing young man. He. Um the first real chance I had a, a, a time to have a chat to him was after that, that game against um, South Sydney when he came on um, after the head knock. So he came on after thinking he might get 20 minutes or thereabouts maximum. Oh yeah, Flanagan got the head knock, yeah. Yeah, for, yeah sorry, and, and he ended up getting 70 odd minutes and I, I spoke to him after the game and he was, 
he was almost too too frightened to be happy with his first game because obviously the scoreline and, and myself and a few other people we got him aside and said mate you got to remember that one because you, you played really well you surprised a lot of people and I told him he was talk of the town in terms of a lot of the fans that took you know positives out of the game and he was he was one of them he's um he's going to be a better player for being part of this squad during a time that's not ideal for us at the moment but he said it himself the things he'll learn during these next few years in, in this this piece of the um, club's history he won't get if he was to arrive in three years time he's been through like John said um, some amazing winning teams this is his time to really toughen up and understand what it means to get the Bulldogs out of that you know the small hole that we're in and sharing that success in the future exactly right and and obviously coming in at a time where you probably you know to be brutally honest at the lowest you've probably been in the history where you broke a you know a record that was done by Glebe back in 1935 where it was no points for three games consecutive it's, it, it's a true test of a character of a, of a person to keep, keep coming back week after week knowing that you're probably in a real low at the moment so look kudos to you guys for getting him in there and getting him going you know, we just spoke about not long ago about the getting all your ducks in a row so Aaron, tell us what you're doing behind the scene, mm. not about so much on the football field, but behind the scene yeah. to be able to build a better Bulldogs in yeah. the future. Yeah, definitely. We, like John mentioned briefly earlier, we um, we know exactly where we need to take the club, and it's it's not about John, it's not about myself, it's not about Trent. It's a team effort, and that's that's our wider audience of Bulldog stakeholders. There's no doubt that everyone's hurting now because this isn't the Bulldogs we we enjoy to be a part of, but we know that we'll stick together and the belief that we'll show you know, amongst ourselves will be the thing that gets us out of there a lot quicker as opposed to the opposite effect of you know, pulling in different directions and whatnot. So we've got a young team, we've got a young coach. Uh, however, they've got a heap of support to know that you know, there's only one way out of this and it's through hard work, uh, determination and just a drive to have that success so that we can look back uh, and we will look back at a certain time and say, you remember how tough it was back then and we're very thankful that we got through this together. And it's as I said, there's only one way out of it, and it's to consistently turn up and be proud to put the jersey on. That's how the club was built, and that's how we'll continue to build this club, because it's a never-ending role. Um, we strive for success. The, the, the new vision, and it's always been there, but something we want to put in stone is a model of sustained excellence. So not to race there to win a title. We want a title as quickly as we can get it, but the club we're building is going to be around sustained excellence. So a club that can hang its hat on being in the top four of every metric off the field. And I've said this before, it's a vision for a number of clubs. There are some clubs out there who just can't get there like we can get there and stay there. And that's being a little bit bullish and maybe getting ahead of ourselves, but I know the power of this club. And I know that when we get there, and we do it the right way in which we're doing now, we're not rushing, we're not taking shortcuts, is we get there, we stay there, and we be that club that we know we can be where the, you know, the, the competitors are looking over their shoulder saying, oh damn, the Bulldogs are, are reaching their potential. So we know that it's a very, it's, it's a clear vision for us, but it's hard work, is bringing the right people in, the people that share that vision, and that definitely starts on the field, but that starts with our receptionist all the way through everyone in the club. So that's the exciting reason, and in a, in a nutshell, why I took the role. You're, so, not, you're not new to the club. You've been here before, haven't you? Yeah. What was your old role? And obviously we know you're CEO now, so you're over the top, yeah. over all, a lot of it, but you, you know what the history and you already know yeah. the club as a whole before. Yeah, I came uh, to the club in 2010 
after having a lot of respect for the club over the years, it wasn't just my first exposure to the club. Um, it was a time when, if you, if you, you know, we don't like using the term too often, but the club was going through a rebuild. There was, um, you know, a period only a few years earlier where there wasn't a major sponsor. They'd won the Wooden Spoon in 2007. They were out of Jersey sponsor. Camp Quality came on board. Um, the late Gary Johnston and Jay Carr really supported our club and it was I remember coming to the, the club and looking around I was in the commercial team and um, I looked around and said where, where are all the sponsors and the answer back was we've got the right sponsors and it was a very lean model but we just had the right brands and I'd come from you know previous club and we had hundreds of partners and you know we were signing up anyone and everyone however what I saw at the Bulldogs was they said we're going to build this with the right people and the expedition that um, they put on for everyone was almost a model that everyone thought we can do this because it's through good work and good relationships. Um, I stayed at the club for seven years. I developed a, a quite an efficient and you know, profitable commercial division for the for the team. Um, has sort of it never had hit those heights previously and and haven't since those. We had Kia Motors come on board in terms of a global you know, powerhouse as our major partner, um, and our kit was just completely full. But our club was. You know, Club was appreciative. Uh, I can assure you that cheer's not for us right now. But, no, uh, it's, it's the hype man, Jason. It's the hype man, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, uh, I can see where where the gaps are. I know that it's it, we're not too far away. But like I said, it's it's understanding that we did that with the help of a lot of people that wanted the club to succeed, and we're going to rinse and repeat that model again. Trent, Trent Barrett, obviously, you've got high expectations on him. Or he comes. A great nursery out there in Penrith. He's done a lot of good things. Um, what's the his three best qualities that maybe we all don't see from day to day over the camera? Yeah, I'll answer it briefly just because I've known Trent for nine, nine and a half weeks. He was my first meeting and continues to be you know, a weekly catch-up, if not more. Trent's um, desire to win, um, but to not take shortcuts and we've seen that so we've seen him take on the you know and develop a team very quickly but also understanding we're at the tip of the iceberg as to where we want to be um, his determination his authenticity and he's a very accountable coach you know, he's a no, no stone unturned model um, and as I said from the first meeting with him um, you just saw that he was the man for the job yeah, yeah so I, I often on the podcast and on the radio I often talk about a head coach in the NRL it has to be a minimum of a three year contract because the first year you're inheriting the old coaches players the players that might not suit your style the second year is when you can get a few players in and by the third year you should have what you think is your squad to play is that yeah. is that generally how you guys run as well yeah look I think you, you, you know, you talk about football a lot. That's what you do at your podcast. Realistically, that that is it. And even though every th fan wants to win yesterday and today, um, it always is tempting. And this club has done it. Us going back to our grassroots, going back to being humble, playing the long game. So, so having alignment with the executive, the board, the coach, um, I'm very reassured about the future. Aaron talks about that sustained excellence that sustained top four metrics so we can check i mean i don't want to repeat what aaron said but he's, he's we've got a commitment that we're going to hand this club over whether it's in three or more years hopefully more for trent and aaron um better than the situation of how we inherited it what i love about trent is um just 
he leaves no stone unturned. He's very detailed. He was a, he was a very skillful halfback. Um, and I, I just look at how the players look up to him and respond to him. And, and I know that as these young guys get played together, developed together, with a few key signings and playing the long game, nothing would give me more joy than to see Trent win a grand final at the Bulldogs. Noting that as a kid, him growing up, he was a Bulldog supporter. Not many people know that. That's a, that's a, that's a great insight as well. And, and it just backs the fact that, as you said, you know, we love rugby league, we talk rugby league, we kind of get the rugby league, the module of the rugby league outside the general fan. But let's bring it back down to what we actually love, and that's Junior Rugby League. And it's 100 years of the Junior League being together or being founded in uh, Canterbury Bankstown this year, isn't it, uh, isn't it, John? Yeah, look, um, I'm going to let Aaron talk a little bit about this. Even though Junior League is my passion, we're very, very proud of the 100 years. Um, Aaron's got a whole heap of initiatives where we're showcasing why our Junior League is special around the theme of the 100 years. So, Aaron, I'll, I'll let you yeah, talk about and, some of the initiatives. And, you know, I, I talked to... The, the 10 weeks, almost 10 weeks that I've been here and, and some of the things, we talk about the controllables and the things you can't control, you work to build processes around them to bring them you know, closer to a controllable element. The pieces um, that I refer to there are obviously the on-field and what we're trying to build and, and that's a daily piece for us but the, the things such as you know 100 years uh, of celebration for our Junior League but also our Junior Referees Association is um, it just makes me so proud. You don't get this opportunity too often, obviously, and we talk to that being this is a year and, and next year we're going to be 100 years strong also. So in terms of participation, um, from an NRL perspective, it was very pleasing to understand that, you know, my first CEO conference call um, and hearing from, from Andrew Abdo and Peter Volandis is that, that participation is now, if it wasn't in the past, a top three priority for the game. So for us, that's music to our ears. It also means that we want to see the action plan also. Easy to say a top three priority. We're now in that position of what does it mean? So we're being consulted um, as an NRL club, but also a strong grassroots club, um, as are all the other teams that have a, you know, a part to play in growth of rugby league from grassroots up. Um, so for us, our, our 12 clubs, it's the people behind those clubs. We mentioned it and I'll keep harping on it is we won't get to our destination without the people behind the scenes um, playing their part. And for mums and dads, it's respectfully turning up and letting the kids enjoy football, rugby league at that grassroots, under fives, all the way through until it becomes a little bit more competitive and they can really understand their part in the game. Yeah. Uh, they can aspire to be their heroes and we want them to see that. And that's men's and, and girls all the way through to women's rugby league. So the pathway piece for us is Again, no stone unturned and just to show a clear path and, and almost a no excuse model because we understand at different stages throughout um, you know, a youth um, upbringing, there's always opportunities to jump that way, move that way and we leave it to chance that they'll come back and be fans of the game if they do leave us. So that whole piece, and I hop back on top three priority, it, it'd want to be a very tight plan from the NRO and we, we believe it will be. Yeah, and, and just uh, one of the things that um, Aaron and his team have kicked off has been really pleasing for me is we're, we're doing a dedicated... Uh, video piece mm. on each of the 12 junior league clubs nice. and it goes through their history so we've got old photos past and present players so some of Jaden Ockenborg is from the yep. Milpera Colts yep. mm. yeah, uh, people like Brandon Wakeham from the Chester Hill Hornets Terry Lamb mm. so we're, we're currently 
I think we're up to three or four out of the 12 clubs. Five have been filmed, five three, been three filmed. released, yeah. yeah. Mm, nice. and, 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 and this will be part of promoting the junior league. So these videos actually being played at NRL game days. They're on our socials, they're on our website. Yeah, I've seen and, a few of them come yeah. through on yeah. social media. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just fantastic because the young kids who are part of these clubs um, can aspire to be an NRL player and probably not appreciate that we've produced past Bulldogs from their clubs yeah. and even at other clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly right. Uh, guys, we'll let you go have some dinner. Yeah, we're going to go have some dinner now. So um, thank you for your time. It was a brief 18 minutes of a talk, but it's, it shows your insight that although life may be grey and grim now for the Bulldogs, the future in around the corner isn't that far away with success with Aaron and John in charge of the Bulldogs. Thanks, thank you very James. much, guys. Appreciate Thanks, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. Thank you. At Good Buddy Sports, we take pride in providing our customers with the highest quality sporting equipment at competitive prices. Yeah, and how competitive can you get now that you have the TFW promo code? As Good Buddy has teamed up with TFW to give you guys the cheapest deal going around. 10% off if you use promo code TFW21. That's right, TFW21 will get you 10% off your orders at goodbuddysports.com.au. Dale, got a number for him? Yeah, if you want to give them a call, just give them a call on 9525-1895. That's 9525-1895. TFW, good buddy, giving you guys.